0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from The Prayer Room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. TPR's Prophetic History, Session 10, entitled The Escapade Promise. This one is so interesting. And I, I just want to tell you that last week, as we talked about the Nora story, this building, and all the things the Lord did, What was interesting about it that's a bit of a contrast to the story we're going to tell tonight. The story last week was about so much information that came about a single building in a very short period of time. It came in the course of two weeks. We had a whole lot of information. We'd never thought of this building before. And in two weeks, we had a significant amount of leading that was like, this is the Lord. Tonight's story is about a future building that we believe that the Lord is going to give us. That was on our radar for years and years and years before we ever had the whole Nora thing kind of plopped into our lap. What's different about this story is the information was not given in two weeks. The information was given over the course of years by sources that were unrelated to this ministry, by people that weren't thinking about the information that had been given, by people that didn't know other people had had dreams. And then, yes, also, people that knew a little bit about the information and knew people that had dreams. But lots of it came from sources that were completely unrelated and unaware that the Lord had been speaking to us about a building over on uh, South Cooper Street. I'm going to give you the first indication. Now, we've alluded to this dream. I think we maybe even told part of it at some point in this history. I might have told it. But tonight, I'm going to give kind of the, the full version of what we refer to as the journey dream. And the reason this one matters, in my opinion, I had this dream in 2012, November 2012. And as soon as I woke up, I had a couple of things that were clear. One, I knew this dream was going to be the most important dream in that season. We have a lot of dreams around here. I just woke up knowing this one's an important one. This one is like a, a, the Lord's going to build on this. I just had a sense... This one is going to be a really important one. And we had a reference point to a dream in a previous season that had been kind of like it, that when I had that dream, I was like, I know this is going to be an important one. And then sure enough, it, it was. So I don't wake up from dreams often. I mean, I had one last night. And I don't wake up from dreams often and go, this is a really, really important one. And again, the one I had last night, I'm thankful for, but it, it didn't have that level of impact on it, okay? Second thing, it was clear in this dream, as soon as I woke up, This dream is defining signs from the Lord that are going to happen in sequential order. And when they happen, it's to give us faith for the next one. And when that happens, it's to give us faith for the next one. When that happens, it's to give us faith for the next one. It was really clear. I woke up with clear understanding of what was going to happen. What the Lord was really doing in this dream, and I had a pretty fair sense of it even when I had it, the Lord was giving us marching orders for the next long time. I didn't know. When I had the dream, I'm like, is this months? Is this years? Is this decades? I don't know. Well, we, I had this dream in 2012. Here we are in 2020. And of the four primary things that the Lord said, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Two have happened and two have not yet happened. So are we waiting on another eight years? I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I just know two of them have happened. I'll tell you what they were. And then two of them we're still waiting on. And really, it's only one that we're waiting on that's the final sign of completion that the final thing will happen, and that is we're gonna get that building on Cooper Street. So I'm gonna unpack all this. I just wanted to give you a little bit of, I wanted to tell you what we're getting into before we get into it, so that you know what you're getting into, okay? So I'm gonna tell you the dream, and then I'll break uh, down the components here. Uh, Again, this was um, November 5th, 2012. In the dream, I was on an enormous yacht owned by a mysterious billionaire who had invited me onto the yacht for a specific purpose. At first, I'm in a meeting with one of this billionaire's higher-ups. That's how I just described it, one of the higher-ups. And they were assigning me a new personal assistant, and then... I began walking down the hallway, and I hear my name being discussed, kind of behind closed doors or whatever, or the door was open, but two guys were in this other room. I heard my name being discussed, and decisions were being made about me by two of these higher ups. Now, when I'm using that term, I mean like uh, the, the, the men of rank for this billionaire, the guy that's, the, this guy's got some managers that are helping run his boat, and they're actually angels. Anyway, I hear two of them discussing me, and I hear one of them say, I'm going to give him, talking about me, at least $10,000. Now, I've told this dream publicly a number of times, and I've never shared that detail. I've always said the Lord was going to do something specific for me. And the reason I never shared the detail was because I didn't want anybody to manipulate it. I didn't want anybody to, I mean, not that everybody has $10,000 to give away, but I didn't want anybody that it wasn't the Lord like really moving on them to give me the $10,000. So I never shared that detail. I always just said, the this angel was talking about me and said he was going to do something specific for me, and I never gave any of the details. And the reason I'm giving you the details now is because it happened. All right, I then asked uh, this, uh, one of these guys, again, I'm, I know they're angels, I asked one of them, If they knew when our journey was going to get underway. That's kind of the key language. When is the journey going to begin? After I'm given the $10,000, I go, when is the journey going to begin? And they assured me that that we would be leaving pretty soon. I walked down the corridor and up into the next floor of the ship, which opened into a large room that was very well done. And after being in that room for a moment, the billionaire appeared up on the balcony of the floor above me, and it began to activate something, and the panels of the roof began to retract, and it opened up into a far larger theater room that could probably hold about 1,500 people or more. At the same time that the roof of this larger room was opening, uh, at the same time that this room was opening, uh, this, the roof was opening to this larger room the, room, the roof above it was opening to the sky. At the same time and it was at this point that i was able to get a scope of just how massive this ship was it was enormous of unbelievable size and it was magnificent but it only had a handful of people on board it seemed like just the billionaire and a handful of his higher-ups at this point luke cooper was with me on the dock next to this enormous yacht it's now luke cooper and i on the dock And we were about to set sail and we were talking about how this journey was about to begin, that it would be longer than we had thought, that it would change everything for us. We knew that we were saying yes, but there was a tone of intimidation because of how big, impacting, crazy, life-changing and unexpected this journey was about to be. So let me break this down for you. Again, this journey, I woke up from it and I knew This is going to be a plumb line dream. And what I mean, when I say that, what I mean is I was anticipating this was the beginning of a conversation, and if the conversation didn't continue, we weren't going to know what in the world to do with that dream. We were expecting the Holy Spirit to give us more prophetic information to interpret this dream, and he started to very quickly. So let me just go into now the the natural components of this dream. In the dream... An angel is assigning me what I understood to be this incredible personal assistant. Now, you might go, why is that a sign? Because the, the poor 11 people that I had had be my assistant before that, life had just transitioned. This one moved. This one had, you know, uh, something happened in their family. This one, they just said, listen, I love you, Brad, but I can't keep doing this. This one said this. this one. I had had like 10 or 11 personal assistants up to this point. I felt like a lost cause. I felt like me getting a personal assistant, and especially one that was like specifically gifted for the task, that like had the administrative, you know, everything. I just felt like, Lord, that's impossible. I felt like it was like the biggest miracle for me. And I tried everything. And at that point, I had now had nobody as my personal assistant for some, maybe a year. And it was very frustrating. I wasn't mad at anybody that I tried or whatever. I just... I was frustrated because I can't get anything done unless somebody helps me. I'm like a five-year-old. I need help. Okay? And so I'm like, Lord! And I, in this dream, it's God telling me, I got you. And not only that, I am going to assign this personal assistant. And they are going to be phenomenal. You're going to see how equipped they are to do this specific task for you. I wake up from the dream, and I'm like, well, that's a, that's a faith builder. I'm not real sure. I mean, I know I'm supposed to believe that, but that's like impossible okay because we've tried everything well sometimes goes by and i'm actually telling the dream in a senior staff meeting i'm telling our team and and so it's fresh on my mind and i walk out of that meeting go to the restroom and on the way to the restroom this was at pioneer parkway there's becky longoria in the uh uh the front area in the lobby area And I just, I look at Becky, and I didn't know her that well at that point. I just, I adore her. That's an amazing woman. I didn't know her that well at that point. I just said, hey, Becky, uh, you've been coming around a little bit. I go, are you, you I'm just throwing this out there. Are you administrative at all? She says, well, I used to run a medieval times. Does that count? (laughs) Yes, friend, that counts. I said, you don't happen to be, like, bored and take, like, no money hardly at all to be my personal assistant, would you? And she's like, I think I might. Well, she turned out to be the most incredible godsend that really helped get me organized, helped get me, you know, straight in my head, really helped launch me into a next season of ministry. And it happened that effortlessly. It was it was bizarre. I'm telling the dream. I walk out of the room, and there's the person. And it was like effortless. And it was unbelievable. And she started a week or two later, and it was amazing. And it was amazing. She was my assistant for a number of years. It was amazing. It was amazing. amazing. Now, when that happened, I just want to tell you that in my heart was harder than the $10,000. So, I had full faith for the $10,000. Little did I know that I would have an emergency appendectomy that would put me in the hospital and almost kill me. That then I would wind up in debt, $10,000, that I would actually need $10,000 in order to get out of debt. The Lord didn't tell me that part when I had this dream. So the $10,000 didn't wind up going into my vacation fund, it wound up going into my get out of debt fund, okay? Well, for years, for a number of years, that was 2013 when I, uh, that occurred with uh, Becky, just a, it was a couple months after, it was uh, in January, so two months after I had the, the dream. Well, now it's uh, 2017, the last time I'm telling this story in this context, I'm telling our prophetic history. And while I'm leading up to telling the story, I almost shared the details. Like, no, no, hold back the detail. I really felt like the Lord was about to do it. I shared this story in 2017 when I was going to tell, you know, doing the prophetic history. And I felt like, I, Lord, I think you're going to do the $10,000 thing. And again, I didn't share this information publicly because I wanted it to be God. So I didn't, you know, I didn't share it. It happened three days after I told the story. So last time I'm sharing the prophetic history, three days later, someone gave me $10,000 and that debt that I'd been carrying since 2013, so four years, got wiped out in a moment. It was unbelievable. And I knew this is the second sign, which then gives me faith for the third sign. Well, the third sign, I don't know if you were paying attention. It had been a little bit difficult to keep track of all those details in that dream, was I went down the corridor and I came up into a larger facility, into a larger room. Now, it wasn't the really big room that was next. That's the escapade. It was a larger facility that I don't, in the dream, I don't know, maybe it could hold three or 500 people, something like that. It was a larger facility, and I knew it was the prayer room's new facility that we had. Like, I understood that that's what the Lord was communicating. And here's what I want to say with all this. These first three signs, the personal assistant, simple enough in the natural order, $10,000, $10,000 it's a little tougher to get a human being to give you $10,000 without you telling them you need $10,000. Not 11, not 105, 10, $10,000 cuz that's what the dream was. That's a little bit tougher, okay? But all of that was to build up to believe for another building that's going to be bigger than this one. I believe we have a stagger step. Before we wind up at the escapade, I believe strongly from this dream we're going to be in another location that's going to be a little larger. That in the dream was defined or described as very well done. And I just think that phrase is important. I think when we wind up in whatever that's going to be, we're going to look around and go, this is very well done. I believe that with all my heart. Also, I did nothing virtually to get that personal assistant. I did nothing to get that $10,000. I believe it will be of a very like sort. It's not like we need to go make this thing happen to get that other building. I believe that the Lord will orchestrate things in such a way that all we got to do is say yes. And maybe we pray, but I mean, we're not going to have to like go make something happen in the natural. And so if you guys are like, we ought to do the thing, I'll just tell you right now, we're not doing the thing. We're going to wait for God to plop it into our lap and then we'll say yes when he plops, okay? Well, all of that, those three signs, and again, that third one hadn't happened yet, but I'm believing that it will, is all to give us faith for in this dream, what's described as a massive theater that is the permanent location for the prayer room missions base, that is, has 1,500 seats in it, 2,000 seats, I don't know, that's a big room. You find a room that's got 2,000 seats or 1,500 seats, that's a big one, okay? And that's what the Lord has shown us. And I, I'll just tell you this, I don't want any of this except that the Lord told us we're supposed to have it. Like, I'm fine. This is great. I love this. The Lord's like, it doesn't really matter what you want. This is the plan. We're doing it this way. And so I just want to tell you, I'm good with his leadership, but I don't need any of this. I look at all this and go, man, that's a lot of hassle. Like, the, all, growth and people and all that responsibility. That's like, that's a lot of work. And so I'm, I'm excited, but I've got a lot of fear and trembling attached to it, just so that we know, all right? Uh, the last component I just want to point out about that 1,500-seat auditorium. It's like, is it really 1,500? Is it 1,200? Is it 2,000? I don't know. It's big. It's a bigot. The other part about that is... When we get into that, the Lord from the dream opens what was uh, what I described as a, a, retractable, uh, a retractable bronze ceiling. He opens it at the time that we move into that. I believe it's a season of open heavens. I believe when we move into the escapade building, and, and I'll tell you how we connect the dots to 1,500 cedar to escapade building in this session. I believe that when we move into that, we're going to experience a significant move of the Holy Spirit. I believe that that's going to be a season of power on this ministry. That the Lord is going to open the heavens over this ministry in profound ways. And I think that's going to tie in with what he's doing in the body of Christ. I don't think that we're going to be, you know, alone in that. I think that that's going to be a God season. And it just so happens we're going to be positioned in the right place at the right time when the Lord starts to do some significant things. But I am believing for a powerful move of the Holy Spirit that we have promised over this ministry. But I also believe it's tied to a date. And the Lord hadn't told us the date. But he did tell us the order. So some primary takeaways. The prayer room is depicted as a large ship going on a journey. That's important. That's an important detail for tonight. The Lord showed himself to us as a billionaire and as our supplier. Remember even a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I told you guys some billionaire stories where the Lord showed up as a billionaire. Well, this was actually the first dream where he was a billionaire. There's a prophetic sequence of events that is unfolding. It's unfolding now. We're in the middle of it. You know, we, we always want the microwave version of prophecy, You put the potato in there, two minutes later, you got a potato. It's baked and ready to go. And the Lord's like, how about a slow burning fire where it's like, it's 12 feet away from the fire, but it's a hot Texas day, and the Texas day lasts two decades. How about that? It's like, well, could we do the potato in the microwave version? The Lord's like, it's not how I do it most of the time. We are in the middle right now of a prophetic sequence of events, and you wouldn't know that unless I told you this story. You wouldn't know we're already in, we're already in the middle of this. Not we're on day one, and not we're at the last day. We're in the middle of this, believing for and fighting for these promises. There's a large facility in our future that could hold 1,500 people. I guess I don't know some number, but we have a stagger step between where we are now and that moment. It's almost a warning about the bigness of what's coming. That's another thing that the Lord is given some prophetic words, warning about what's coming. Not, not you're bad, you're in trouble, but don't just smile, also kind of like grit, get yourself ready, because it's like, it's gonna be intense. It's gonna be a lot of really good things, but with that is gonna come intensity, growing pains, you know, pressures, all the, all the management problems and opportunities. So it's not only awesome, I don't want us to get to that moment and go, Oh, man, the toilet's overflowing. What are, I thought this was supposed to be an awesome season. Well, you got 1,500 people, and they're going to the bathroom. What do you think was going to happen to the toilet? I mean, it's like, I want, us to, yeah, I want us to brace for impact here, okay? All right, understanding the journey, components of the journey, sudden. That's, that was one of the big pieces, sudden, big, uncontrollable, glorious, intimidating, impossible, exciting, <coughs> long-awaited. All right, now I want to go back to the f- the focal point of the T- uh, TPR being a massive ship, okay? Some of you have had that dream and you haven't sent it to me yet. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I believe that. I believe some of you have had a dream about TPR being a big old ship and you didn't know that was an important detail. If you've had that dream, email it to me because now I'm telling you, it's important. We've had a bunch of confirming words about TPR being this massive ship on a journey. It wasn't just that one dream. <clears throat> we had a... Uh, a guy that's been a, just a papa to this house for a long time, uh, Marvin Adams. He comes through maybe once a year or something like that. We'll let him uh, uh, minister on a Saturday night. He's always been a gift to this place. Well, one time he comes, this was in 2013, not long after we got the journey word. He comes and he brought one of his guys, one of his staff guys. And he, uh, he said, he brought his guy up as he was about to preach. And he said, hey, do you have anything? Do you, you got like a word right now for TPR? He said, yeah, I actually feel like I do. doesn't know anything about our history. He stands up and he says, I see this ministry as a big ship coming out of the fog. You will not crash and you will not sink in the battle. You have been established. God has done it and it will stand. Now, what we didn't realize was you will not crash. You will not sink in the battle was a duck warning. <laughs> you, you think, yeah, we won't sink in the battle. It means you got to have a battle. Yeah, well, boy, howdy, did we have a battle. We didn't sink, but boy, did we plug the holes with bubblegum and duct tape. All right, so some years later, I have another dream. In my dream, I boarded a massive Navy vessel to talk to the naval commander. This was a huge ship. When I reached the engine room, I found some high-ranking officers, very similar to the journey dream, same kind of language, and I told them that we had won the battle and that things were secure. A high-ranking officer told me that we would get, uh, that he would get the message to the naval commander, but that I needed to get moving because they were about to leave the port immediately, and I was not supposed to stay on board. I knew that it wasn't time for me to set sail on this ship, so I stepped off onto the dock. Just another, sh- another component of the storyline That the Lord is like, I've got you. There is a time when you're setting sail on this ship. But it's not yet time. It's just a a little bit of time after Marvin came and and we got that word from his his guy that I was on a call with uh, Pasadena International House of Prayer and they were uh, prophesying. No, I was there. This one, I was there. We've done a number of things with them. I was there and uh, they had their prophecy team and they were ministering to me. They don't know our story, they don't know anything. Soon as they start prophesying, the very first one says, "I see a large sailboat with lots of sails." And I said, "Of course you do." <laughs> says, "These sails are the promises of God to you, and the Lord is pulling up the anchor and sending a great wind." Just this the Lord is the one that's going to make when it's time for that boat to leave, it's not because we decided it was time for the boat to leave. It's because the Lord pulled up the anchor, and he sent the wind into the sails, okay? Well, Marvin comes back sometime later, and he begins to prophesy over us, and he says this. says, the Lord is sending the rowers. He's sending angels. Wind is coming. It's the movement of angels. The wind of God is going to blow, and it's something that you cannot do, but he and his goodness will do. Now, just pay attention to this. Rowers, angels, boat, higher-ups on a big boat. The boat is a sailboat, but the boat's also a rowboat. But all of it is done, all the power of it, whether by row or by wind, because this says both the rowers are coming, the wind is coming, all of it is the activity of God to get that boat moving. Uh, so I just want to tell you, like, I, I have a really weird job description. Okay, here's mostly what I do. I go to sleep. I <laughs> have a dream. Wake up and write it down, and then we just do it. (laughs) Then we wait for it. We just go okay. I mean, in the meantime, we're going to keep doing what last you told us to do. We're going to do nine day prayer. We're going to equip forerunners. We're just going to keep doing that. But really, when anything good or bad is going to happen to this ministry, it is not going to be in our hands. We're just going to trust the Lord and let Him lead. And He continues to speak to it, and He continues to lead. This was so fun. Okay. Robbie Van Vliet. He comes and joins us here very recently. He's uh, he's just all up in our business around here. He's one of our missionaries. He's one of our worship coaches on our worship teams. Robbie's awesome. Well, he had a dream in 2017 that didn't get to my ears. I'm not saying he didn't say it. I'm just saying I didn't hear it if he said it. Uh, that happens sometimes. Sometimes the Lord closes my ears and my eyes because it's just not time, you know? Uh, So he might have told me. I don't know. But as far as my recollection of when he told me, he told me a couple of weeks ago or probably two months ago now. And he tells me this dream and I just like, my jaw's just down. I'm like, why did you wait till now? He goes, oh, I didn't really know. It was that big a deal. I was like, this is exactly what, this is a big deal. He says this to me. This, he had this dream in 2017. This is a good while before he moves here. He moved here some months ago, short number of months ago. In uh, March, April, April of uh, 2017, he had this dream. In my dream I was walking down a series of docks in this massive port looking for a boat to take me. I'm not sure where I was trying to go, but I know I was looking for a boat. It was full of beautiful yachts, same exact word, yacht. And expensive speedboats, basically every kind of boat you can imagine. I was wandering through the port and I heard Jesus tell me Not this one. At every boat I stopped at. So just imagine, not this one, not this one, not this one. Then, as I was coming down one dock, I came across this old sailboat. This boat was just as nice as the other boats, but the main difference was it had no engine or any way for it to get going apart from the wind and its sails. And it was a super still day. Not even the slightest breeze. But inside the boat were all the TPR people Brad and Caslin and Luke and Lisa, to name a few that I immediately recognized. And as I walked by, Brad said to me, Come with us. As soon as he spoke, Jesus said, Get in the boat. So I climbed in and I took a seat. And after getting settled, I asked, When are we sailing? It's the, same, it's the same question I asked. I mean, more or less. Then Jesus said, there's still some empty seats in the boat and I won't leave without the others. We're, we're waiting for people to get here. Get here, people, if you can hear me. If you hear this, message, get here quick. He said, there's empty seats on the boat. Jesus said, not without that seat. No, I, there's a butt supposed to be in that seat. And we are not leaving until that took us is, is in that seat right there. And Robbie recognized I was one of the butts they were waiting on. I was like, this is awesome. But he had no idea of our journey dream. He had no idea of the language. It's the same exact language. The Lord gave him the same dream and wrote him into the story. He didn't write him into the story only. He wrote everybody into the story. Those that are coming, they were seats waiting for you. Initial stirrings about the escapade. Everything up to this point has been journey, journey, big boat, going on a journey. But there's not been one mention thus far of the escapade building. There's a building that says Escapade 2001 that's located on South Cooper Street. It's an old nightclub. It's been abandoned for at least 20 years, maybe 25, okay? Probably 25. Because I've seen it for 20 years, and it was abandoned when I got here to Arlington. It's really interesting that there is a very large building on Cooper Street, prime real estate in Arlington, that has remained vacant for 20-something years. That's bizarre. Okay, bizarre. All right. Well, my first thought of the Escapade building, because I'd never thought of that. There's just 100 reasons why I would not think about that building. Okay? But one day early in 2012, our landlord... At the uh, pioneer parkway location started making some weird threats hey i'm thinking about selling the building so i'm not going to renew any leases now it turns out a year later he was willing to renew leases when our lease was up but at this moment he said hey i'm thinking about selling the building so i'm not going to take any more leases so you guys all kind of need to be thinking about what you're going to do at the end of your lease because i'm probably not going to renew the lease That was the first reason I ever even had to think about moving out of that space. And I'm driving around Arlington, and all of a sudden, one day, and I I mean, I was looking at any place that I could. I wasn't investigating heavily. I'm just kinda trying to keep my my spiritual sail up as I'm driving around. Lord, is there anything I should be thinking about? One day I'm driving down Cooper Street, and I see that building. And I think, that building has been abandoned forever. And as soon as I pray that, I just feel the Lord on it. I don't know how else to describe it. I just felt like, we're supposed to get that building, which is a really weird thing to think. But I just thought it, and I was like, I think we're supposed to get that building. And I came back, and I told our team, I just said, guys, I don't know. I just think we're supposed to get that building. Well, it was just a week or two later that we had our first national missions-based co-op summit. And if you don't know what that is, it's some leaders across the nation that we've become very close with. But this was the first meeting, and we're all meeting each other for the first time. And in that conversation, we're talking about our stories and what we're doing. And and I said, yeah, I feel like we're going to be moving. There's this space over on Cooper Street. I just kind of have a sense that maybe we're supposed to get it. I don't know. I'm kind of looking for the Lord to give me more information. And they all say, you know what? We're in similar situations. We need new buildings as well. Well, in the coming months, they all got new buildings except me. And they're kind of like, so when's yours? And I was like, oh, looks like the Lord pushed the pause button on us. I'm glad all y'all got play that little triangle is delightful. You know, man, that is a better button. And, uh, but I just felt like the Lord's got purpose in this. I just don't know what it is yet. Well, while I'm kind of processing some of that, and I'm trying to, you know, just figure out, Lord, what are you doing about that? We were having a guest speaker come into town named Joel Jelski. Joel Jelski is a Messianic Jew uh, from Israel. He's been a part of a, a number of houses of prayer over there over the years. And this was our first time to meet, and I'm taking him out to lunch. So he's come to the Pioneer Parkway location. And again, I'm in the mode of, I think we're supposed to get that escapade building. But I'm not telling anyone that, except our leadership team. And this guy is definitely not our leadership team. I'm shaking his hand for the first time. Ha, my name is, kind of thing. We go out to lunch. We go to Chili's on Cooper Street. We're talking about life and everything. And I'm really just trying to figure out... Hey, we want to have this guy come and guest speak. I'd like to know that he's like on the level. Great dude, by the way. <clears throat> so I'm talking to him about him. I'm not talking to him about our ministry. I'm not talking about our needs. You know, I'm talking to him about him. We're leaving Chili's and we're in the car and we're talking and I don't know, we're talking about whatever's going on in Israel at the moment and as we're talking, he in mid-sentence stops and he goes, whoa, whoa, as we're driving by the escapade building and he points at it and he goes, That would make a great prayer room for you guys. That would make a great next space. You guys ought to get that building. And I just looked at him and went, okay. Why would you say that, by the way? He's like, I don't know. I just felt it. I think that's the Lord. I was like, okay. Noted. So it's a a little bit later. Let's see the timing on this. This is uh, just a few months later. Yep, a few months later. We're in Kansas City and we're talking to one of our old... Uh, staff members uh, somebody that had previously been on missionary staff with us and then they would moved up to Kansas City and they were on missionary staff up there and we were catching up with her and we were telling her some stuff she's like so what's new with the prayer room and uh, and I'd known her well enough I said you know I don't really know what the Lord's doing but I just I feel like there's there's this building on Cooper Street that like the Lord has for us and she said is it the escapade building and I went oddly Yes? She said, oh my goodness. And she starts screaming and jumping up and down. I go, what? She said, since I was like an eight-year-old girl, I've been praying that God would redeem that building and give it to a ministry and make it like a sign in the city. And I was like, oh. She said, I still pray for it every time I'm home. I've been praying for that building for 10 years, probably 12 or 15 at that point. You've been praying for that building to not be a nightclub But to wind up as a Christian ministry, and here I am telling you, I think, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. You're going to get that building. I was like, okay, well, all right, if you say so. So, next, there's a guy who's uh, in our ministry at that point, uh, somewhere in that time frame. No, I'm sorry, a little bit later. Somebody that starts coming around, and they hear the stories, you know, because I've got the prophetic history online, and people mention little things here and there. And he says, hey, hey, he pulls me aside one day, and he says, hey, um, you're believing for that escapade building? I go, yeah. I go, I pray for it every morning. He said, me too. And I go, what do you mean? He said, in 2001, I had two profound encounters with the Lord. 2001. He said, on different occasions, I was driving by, and this guy is an intercessor, like straight up intercessor. He said, I've been wondering about those encounters since 2001. I didn't know what to make of them because this is what the Lord said when I was driving by. I'm going to give you that building. He said, I've been praying for that building since 2001, but I didn't know why. He said, because I always ask the Lord, what am I going to do with that building? He said, it's for you guys. He said, it's for us. It's for the prayer room. He said, I, I didn't know what to do with that word for, this was in uh, 2015. He didn't know what to do with that word for 14 years, but he faithfully prayed for it for 14 years to be given that building. And then he, he told me, he said, he said, it's yours. All the prayers I've been praying, it's for the prayer room. He said, I've been praying and believing for that mission. He said, I had no idea what I would do with that building. I had no idea. He said, I've been praying faithfully for it. I went, okay, I believe it. We're we're supposed to get that excavate building. It gets a lot funnier. All right, so then the dreams start. Now, I'm going back here. I'm skipping back to 2012, just um, maybe a month after I had uh, the journey dream. Okay, I have this dream. I had a dream where we had apparently been given or have somehow become the owners of the 2001 Escapade building without, this is an interesting detail, without ever having been inside it before. So we own it, but we've never been in it. Really weird detail, but it was a detail that stood out strong in the dream. We own it, but we've never been in it. Who goes and gets a building or buys a building you've never been in before? In the dream, Jeremy Jarvis was coming to tell me a little bit about it because he had gone inside it for the first time after we owned it. And I asked him some questions. I said, does it smell like smoke? It's just a funny dream. But it was an old nightclub, so that's a legitimate question. He said no. I said, does it have a stage? He said yes. And I said, does it have a bar? Because I was thinking coffee shop. uh, For a future coffee shop. And he said yes. And I woke up from the dream. So I have this dream with some really interesting details. Well, the next month someone in our ministry that doesn't know I had that dream, that doesn't know I've got a few words, that doesn't know the guy was driving down Cooper Street and said, hey, that ought to be your building. Nobody knows except our leadership team. Nobody knows. This guy says, hey, I had a dream where you and TPR were thinking about buying that Escapade 2001 building on Cooper Street. In the dream, there was a group of TPR leaders that you were leading, Brad, over there, and you were checking it out. Does that mean anything to you? Huh, Yeah, maybe. Why don't you you send me that dream? Why don't you you write that one down? This is a month after. I am just like, the heck, after I had the other dream. Well, now it's uh, it's another month later. And one of our staff members, (coughs) she sends me a dream. She said, Brad, I had a dream where we were in the process of buying the Escapade 2001 building. Brad was leading a group of us around the inside of it so that we could see what it looked like. One of the reasons that this stood out to me was because I remembered this building from a previous dream I had had. So here she's having this dream a month after the guy had the dream after a month after I had the dream, but she's remembering in the dream, I've dreamt this before about us buying that building or getting that building. Well, another month goes by. This is now a uh, this is now November of 2012, and I'm going, Lord, you give us all these dreams. You're giving us all these words. Like, I believe it. Like, the guy had the thing. The guy said the word. I'm like, I believe it, but, like, help me keep believing this, and what are we supposed to do, and how long are we supposed to, be- when are you going to do this? I'm having that conversation with the Lord, and that day, one of our, uh, our volunteer staff members comes up to me and says, Brad, I forgot to tell you this dream I had about TPR years ago. I go, okay. She said, years ago, I had this dream where TPR was about to move into a new building. I'm pretty sure it was a standalone building, much larger than our current space at uh, 939 West Partner Parkway. And Brad was walking around the remodel that we were doing a substantial amount of renovations to this place. And Brad introduced me to a gentleman in his 40s or 50s who was a millionaire, who had taken interest in TPR and funded this project. He had bought the facility and paid for the remodel. Now again, I'm praying like right before that, Lord help me continue to believe for the excavate building. She tells me, oh, I had this dream years ago. I'm not telling her come over and encourage me and tell me a dream you had two years ago. She just randomly comes up to me at just the right moment and confirms the very thing I'm asking. She describes the details that seem very likely it's that building. And I mean, I believe it is just because of the timing of it. All right? So then it's a little bit of time later, and Lisa Loper, who was one of our leaders at that uh, time, said, in the dream, she said, I had a dream, that in the the dream, the senior staff was in a car together, headed over to the escapade parking lot because we were going to pray for the building because it wasn't ours yet. Now, she knows the storyline. Okay, You can tell. And Brad said something about had we had never broken the law before, Regarding this building, but now was the time. <laughs> it's just a dream, people. I don't. I don't know. I didn't say that. It's in a dream. was not me? Okay. As we were driving up to it, we realized there was a business operating in it. It was a huge warehouse where people's household items were stored uh, uh, because their homes had been damaged in a fire or disaster. She began walking through the huge warehouse room by room, imagining how we would use it, knowing this is our space. So she's in a dream. It's been finished out by somebody else. And she's walking around going, oh, we'll use that as a multipurpose room. We'll use that as a debrief room. We'll use that as that, okay? That's how, what she's doing, one room at a time. And she comes to the back of the building that she said she just knew would be our prayer room. Well, now, here's a fun little in-the-natural scenario. In-the-natural, Bryce Hudnell, who's around these days still, Bryce used to party at the Escapade 2001 building back in the day. Back when it was a nightclub, that dude was there and it was one of his haunts. So he actually knows what the interior of it looks like. And he tells us, when I tell him this dream, whatever time period that happened, he describes the format, the layout that Lisa saw is actually the layout of the building. Like in real life. He's like, that's exactly where the bar is back there. This is open area. He said, that's probably exactly where the prayer room would be. I just, I, I just can't believe how the Lord writes all these details into dreams and nets people together in the wildest way. It's just bizarre. All right. Well, let's talk now about the promises of getting that building. John Stokes comes up to me. Really, anytime John Stokes comes up to me, it's going to be fun. He comes up to me, and he says, uh, he hears about these stories. We've been sharing the stories. He goes, oh, I probably should have told you that dream I had two weeks after I got saved. (laughs) And I was like, let's just always go with default yes. Tell me whatever dream you had two weeks after you got saved. He goes, now this is, he tells me this dream in 2003, no, he tells me this dream, I don't know when, a long, 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 long time after the dream actually happened, okay? In the dream, I pulled up into the new parking lot. Now, he doesn't. I'm telling you, this dude gets saved. He doesn't know a thing about the ministry. And two weeks after he gets saved, he has this dream. Pay attention to the details. He's just got saved. We don't know about the Escapade building for years later. And he has this dream. In the dream, I pulled up to the lot of the Escapade 2001 building at 2 a.m. in the morning, and the parking lot was full of cars. I thought I was showing up at a nightclub, so I was nervous because I had just given my life to Jesus and changed my lifestyle. So I'm like, why am I at this nightclub at 2 a.m.? I I don't like nightclubs anymore, I'm a safe person. But when I went inside, it wasn't a club, it was the prayer room. And the place was packed with people worshiping, 2 a.m. And I just started, I had just started coming around TBR, and I didn't understand why we would be over at that club or how that made any sense. So I just assumed this dream meant something else. Like I used to go to clubs, but now I go to the prayer room. That's how John processed that dream. All right. He had another dream. The prayer room. Uh, oh, this was, let's see, this was well over a year before we ever had our first in, uh, inclination that the escapade building was ours. So it's not another dream. That's just me making some notes. So John had this dream first. John actually was the one to hear about the escapade building before any of us, but he puts the details together in retrospect, you know, years later. Uh, years later. He, it's bizarre. So I have a dream, and I'm telling a leader from IHOP that we had just bought the escapade building. I just throw that one in there because it happened. Uh, One of our uh, staff members comes up to me, though, and this is just like a month after I had that dream about telling that leader we had bought the Escapade building. She comes up to me. She doesn't know, you know, that I had that dream. So in my dream, I was running late for my prayer meeting that I was supposed to be worship leading on a Friday night. When I got there, the prayer room looked vaguely like other dreams I had had, and it was the Escapade 2001 building, except now we were actually having prayer meetings there, and the setup was different. Before, we had just bought it, and Brad was telling me about how it was going to look when we were done working on it. Now it was done. I was shocked at how many people were there in the room, and it was full on a Friday night 9 to 11 prayer set. It seemed like a fair assumption that the night watch was already going at this point, and it was, uh, this was actually the start of my night schedule. It's crazy. Another dream, same intercessor. A couple years later. I was out with some friends or something in the dream, and I decided to go to the prayer room around 3 a.m. I realized that I was leading the encounter service, and my team consisted of a bunch of young U students who were either in town for a weekend or had recently moved here. The building was massive with huge hallways and lots of people walking by the whole time I was in there, even in the middle of the night. But we were practicing not in the main prayer room, but in a separate auditorium. The separate auditorium was the one that we used for our services and it felt like a huge theater. Felt like a huge theater. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to wind up with a spa- that space over there. We'll do a bunch of remodels. I think we're going to wind up with a large auditorium that feels like a theater from the, from the journey dream and we're going to have a separate prayer room that we're able to operate in you know, night and day, but we'll still have a large gathering room. I just think that's just crazy. Well, It's another year later, Chris Moniquez, who's on our staff, had a dream about Brad's possible outlook on how we might receive the escapade building. Let me me just stop real quick. It's important that you understand you can't make yourself dream about an escapade building. Like, go to bed tonight and try to have one. It doesn't work that way. It is really bizarre that God has given so many different human beings dreams about that building being our building. Do you catch that? That's weird. Don't hear this like, oh, another dream, another dream. You're missing it. Another human being got talked to by God about that building being our building. Not a building, that building being our building. That is really weird. That is bizarre. And it happens Again, and again, and again, and again, and again. How could we not believe that's, that's our building, people. That's our building. I don't know when, how, I don't, God. But I'm telling you we're going to be in that building one day. And I'm not telling you 15 people are. And really, they're not. It's God. Like, this this is nuts. So Chris Manique, he has his dream about me talking to, I guess, our staff, (coughs) saying Hey, I think we might get it this way, or might we, might we get it this way, the escapade building? In this dream, Brett had a map that showed us some of the property that we already owned, and he predicted that we would get some supplies south of us, and then we would bring them back to the Nora location. But we would have, some, uh, we would have so much supply that the door would be open for us to get the escapade building. He said, We have to get it. This is about America. So this is me in the dream prophesying to, I guess, our staff, we have to get this building. It's about America, revival, the purposes of God in our nation, that kind of thing. And in the dream, it was implied that we had to keep asking God for the building that it wasn't a guarantee. I want to tell you, I pray for that escapade building every morning, and I have since 2012. I pray for that building every morning. God, give us the escapade 2012 building. I I, I pray for it because I believe we have to lean into that promise to see it. But we, what can you do in the natural? You just pray. <clears throat> well, let's go into some details related to going back to that, getting the building, <clears throat> but having never been inside it. Thing, you remember that one? <clears throat> Tom Ferris, who's on our staff. He, uh, I'm in a prayer meeting in October of 2013, and. I'm in this prayer meeting in the weirdest mode in my head. I am praying about the inside of the escapade building. That's a really weird thing. It's a very specific detail. I'm praying about what the inside of it looks like because I know the Lord has told me in the dream, we will not have been inside it. So I'm praying that the Lord would show me details. That's kind of a weird thing, but that's what I was doing. I was in a prayer meeting praying, Lord, show me what the details look like give me start give me like invest me in the story so that I can believe what it's going to look like so that I can start to picture where we're going to put stuff in the building okay I'm trying to imagine what it looks like inside and right then while I'm praying that prayer no one knows I'm thinking this Tom Ferris walks up to me while I'm in the prayer meeting and he interrupts me right then he comes up to me and he says hey Brad I called the owner of the escapade building. You did what? I'm praying about it. I didn't say that, but I'm like, okay. He said, I need to tell you some of the details of how that conversation went. I was like, I will stop everything right now and hear about that conversation. You called the owner? He says, yeah, yeah, come here. He, uh, the guy said, um, he tried to sell it for 4 million, but no one bought it. So then some years later, he lowered it to 3 million and no one bought it. He said he'd sell it to us for two and a half million. I asked him if I could have a key so I could go inside it, but the guy won't give me a key. He said it's had so much roof damage, the roof is probably about to cave in so he won't let anyone inside to see it. I am praying right then about a dream I had of us being given the escapade building, having never been inside it. And I'm praying right then, what does the inside of it look like? And while I'm praying that, Tom Ferris comes up to me and says, I need to tell you about a phone call I had yesterday. I called the owner of the building to ask for a key to go look inside it. He won't let me go look inside it. He said, the roof's about to collapse. He won't let anybody in there. He's afraid it'll kill him. So if you're going to buy that building, you're going to have to buy it. Sight unseen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Whatever, Lord. These miracles and Your poetry is just bizarre. All right. Well, it's a little bit of time later, maybe that week. I'm driving home from my morning prayer meeting. I I come to the 5 a.m. every day. I'm driving home, and all of a sudden, uh, I'm sorry. This was from the encounter service one night. I'm driving home from the encounter service, and I'm just, all of a sudden, I'm just feeling like the escapade building ceiling really is going to collapse in i don't know it's a really weird feeling i didn't know what to do with it i was just driving and all of a sudden i was like it was raining really hard that night and i was like i think that building i think the ceiling is going to collapse and i'm like i really feel like i don't know what to do with that i i don't know is that in the natural in the spirit I, can you have it in the spirit i don't know i just i have this sense the building is the ceiling is going to collapse and then i feel like the following you, it's important that you track with me on these weird details I feel like the following if the ceiling collapses and it no longer has a ceiling that's going to be a sign to me that we really are going to have an open heavens with that building when we get it because the lord said when we get it he's going to give us an open heavens so i'm i'm like lord if that if the roof collapses i'm in i mean i don't want it to collapse but whatever like i'm believing that, we're gonna, that that's gonna be a sign that it's an open heavens for us when we get into that building. Tracking with me so far? Okay, it's the next morning. The next morning, I'm preaching at a church in Mansfield. They've asked me to come. I'm guest speaking. I'm preaching. And as soon as I walk in, the worship leader starts singing a prophetic oracle over the room. Now, I'm walking in. I'm walking up to the seat. First thing that happens worship leader starts singing in the spirit, and then she starts to interpret what she just sang in the spirit. So she's singing in tongues, and then she interprets it. And the first words that she sings are, here he is among us. I see the heavens open above us. I see the heavens open above us. And I'm thinking on last night, and I'm wondering, like, I wonder if the roof collapsed on that building, because I think it's an open heavens. The worship leader stops and says, this is a strategic day in this town. Those are kind of weird things. You're saying, oh, we left your name on high. I was saying, this is a strategic day in this town, the open heavens. I mean, it's like, it was weird. And then she just went back to worship. And I was like, that was just for me. I know it. I mean, I'm like, this is really bizarre. Because here she is saying it is an open heavens. It is an open heavens. You're right. You're saying that this would be a sign that it's an open heavens. It is an open heavens. Now, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if the roof collapsed or not, just so you know, the roof didn't collapse. But I'm like, I don't know if the roof collapsed, but I know the Lord is confirming it's an open heaven. So here's what I do. Right then, in the middle of the worship, before I preach, I send out a text to the senior staff. It just so happens, one of our senior staff is in another church service at that moment. They're in another church service, not their normal church. They're in another church service, and that moment, as soon as I send that text, guys, I just had this encounter. I think it's at Open Heavens over the prayer room, uh, specifically related to when we move into the escapade building. I believe that that's what the Lord is saying. Soon as I text that, I get a text message back from one of the other senior staff members, and they say, I am in another church service right now, and the pastor just said, the heavens are opening over this city. Now is the time the Lord has shifted things. So I'm just, I am believing the fact of an open heavens when we wind up in that building, because no, the roof didn't collapse, but yes, the Lord did confirm that the relationship to us moving into that building is an open heavens. All right, so, you know, time goes on. You get you get discouraged, you're like, Lord, the dream was 2012, my children are growing old, like, when am I going to get in this thing, you know, you get, you get discouraged, because you're, you're trying to keep believing for this thing that is totally not happening, but the Lord keeps saying, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, I believe you, you're a broken record player, it's going to happen, when is it going to happen, so one morning, I am, I'm in that mode, And it had been a while, you know, I I can't shake these dreams, but it had been a while since I'd had uh, another one. And I'm in the prayer meeting, and I'm just going, Lord, like, encourage me about this. I need you to help me understand how we can believe clearly that the journey dream is actually referring to the escapade building for sure. The journey dream could be referring to 100 different buildings you know, a big building. How do we know it's the escapade building? I need you to connect the dots between all this journey stuff because you've said journey and you've said there's a, build, a big building in the journey line of thinking. You've also spoken to us a lot about this escapade. I would really love to not be bipolar and not be having to think about both of these things. Help connect the dots. And as soon as I pray that, I feel like I'm supposed to look up the definition of the word escapade escapade 2001 okay the definition of an escapade is an adventurous unconventional act or undertaking a wild or exciting adventure (laughs) got it lord (laughs) yes sir you named the building journey (laughs) none of us got it this whole time it's been right there on a giant sign on cooper street Every time you drive by, it's journey dream, journey dream, alert, alert. I'm like, escapade, dang. Well, it's not long after that, Andy has a dream, and he uh, says, in the dream, we were getting ready, and again, I'm still in the mode of like, Lord, back it up, speak to us. I want to know that the escapade building really is the, you know, the, the journey dream. In the dream, we were getting ready for a really big event at TPR. It was a night or a special sem- ceremony. It was like the passing down of responsibilities, and Brad and I were making everything, uh, uh, was making, making sure everything was in order for the special night for our base. One detail that really stood out was that Brad had gotten a new Honda Odyssey. Now, it's all about the prayer room, promotion, growth, big event. In order to have a big event, better have a building that can hold a big event. But he said, it's really weird because the dream was just as much about the fact that you had a Honda Odyssey. As soon as he told me the dream, I was like, I'm supposed to look up the word, aren't I? Look up the word Odyssey. (laughs) It means a long, wandering, and eventful journey. (laughs) And the synonyms for Odyssey are adventure, excursion, expedition, exploration, pilgrimage, quest, sojourn, tour, uh, uh, travels, trek, trip, and voyage. It just so happened right after that, I started to look around, and we had still do probably, more people own a Honda Odyssey in this community than any other car. There are a lot of Honda Odysseys, like a lot of them. And one of them just showed up. I mean, there's like, we got Honda Odysseys coming out the wazoo around here. And I mean, yeah, it's a popular van, I get it. But like, I think it's actually part of the storyline that the Lord's wanting us to see. Look, I got a couple more points and we'll, uh, we'll be done. Worship Jim, you can come on up. Now, I'm having a conversation with Bryce Hudnall one day. And I'm talking to him about, you know, the escapade building and all this stuff. I'm texting him back and forth. We are texting specifically about the escapade building. It's very important that you understand that particular uh, detail. We're texting and I don't uh, wanna rat him out. Maybe it's possible that he parked every time he texted me back and that this was not a traveling text conversation. Who knows? Men, and we don't know such things. It could be either way. Uh, I do know, however, while we're texting, he texts, we're talking about the Escapade Building. That is the text conversation. While we're texting, he texts me back, and he says, oh my gosh, Brad, I just saw this right now while we're texting about the Escapade Building. I said, what? He said, I just saw a sign right up the road from the prayer room of this place called escapades lounge and eatery that's opening up in Pantigo just down the street from us he said we're talking about an escapade and an escapade's moving to Pantigo he said yeah he said uh he said I'm looking at it right I said I'm shocked he said I pull I over and I'm looking at it because we're texting about the escapade and here's an escapade coming to Pantigo it's like but we're supposed to move out of Pantigo to an escapade and was like dude that is really weird that is super bizarre well Here's my favorite one, and we'll end with this. This is Bryce again. He says, uh, and just as a little point of reference, as best as I know, those that are connected to the prayer room and like part of this community, Bryce is the only guy that I know, or girl, who used to party at that excavate building, okay? He's the only one. Now, maybe there have been others that just don't want to come clean, I don't know, but But Bryce, with great humility, is like, yeah, back when I was lost, I totally used to party at that Escapade building, okay, because it was a nightclub. He tells me the most bizarre thing. He says, "Uh, I got, uh, my car broke down. This was in 2013 when we're getting all the prophetic words about the Escapade building. So I don't mean last week, I mean right in the heat of everybody's having a dream. Every other week I'm getting a dream from this person to that person. It's all happening. He comes up to me one day and he's almost like ghost-faced. And he's like, Brad, my, uh, my car broke down. So I took it into the shop. I said, okay. He said, I got a loaner from the shop because they were letting me borrow it. It's a, it's a guy who you know owns a small car repair place and he's got a loaner and he's letting me borrow the loaner. I said, okay. He said, well, we had it for the better part of a week. And you know what a bunch of kids do to a loaner car. I was like, oh, man, crayons and boogers and pieces of Kit Kat everywhere. He said, exactly. He said, so I'm cleaning out the car. I'm like, okay. He said, I'm cleaning every little nook and cranny of this car. And I get to the glove box just to make sure we didn't leave anything in there. He says, cleaning out the car. And I open the glove box. I find a piece of paper in the glove box. It had probably been in there forever. It said, come for a night you won't forget. It was a flyer for the Escapade 2001 nightclub. We're, he's knowing that we're having dreams about this. The place has been out of business at that point for 15 years. <laughs> and Bryce is the only guy who used to party there. And Bryce finds an invitation to come back to the escapade for a night he won't forget. In the glove box, he freaks out. I'm like, this is so crazy. I I just want to tell us, we are going to get that building. And we're not going to get it because we try real hard. Like we didn't try real hard for whatever that is prophetic something, an invitation to a nightclub in a glove box, I don't even know I don't even know what to do with that it had been closed for 15 years this thing has been sitting in that glove box for 15 years or longer, I'm just telling you this, the Lord has a plan we are in the middle of that plan, we are going to follow that plan as best as we can and it is going to happen like the Lord has said it's going to happen, amen if you guys would, I would I'd like to ask you As faithful as you can be to it, pray for us to get that building. I believe we still yet have a leg of the race. I don't think that's coming in a week or a month or a year. I think we still have a while before we get that. But I also think if we don't pray for it, we might not get it. So we need to lean into that. And we've got these years of sowing. Just think about putting coins in a piggy bank. Okay? Every time you pray, we're laying hold of that thing. So when you drive by it and you see it, reach out your hand. Or pray for it every morning, or whatever you do. This concludes this teaching from The Prayer Room. For more resources, or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.